0: Hey everyone welcome to the inhumans podcast by fantastic geek the official unofficial voice of the marvel cinematic community my name is matt and joining me as always is pete hello pete please
1: show me your genius the inhumans podcast by fantastic geek for episode 106 the gentleman's name is gorgon is brought to you by audrey's xenophobic veterinary service We'll patch up your pooch while you take our mate.
0: Wow. Well, Pete, here we are concluding in this podcast the uh, three-quarter mark for Inhumans. The ratings not looking great. Sometimes I might wonder why. Sometimes I might have a sense why that is. But uh, Pete, with two episodes left, uh, certainly plenty of uh, twists and turns ahead of us. Pete, take us straight into this episode, though.
1: Well, then, it's time for the Royal Dogist. We begin, Matt, with what amounts to a dream sequence. Uh, Maximus sees the entire royal family teleported in by Lockjaw. Uh, he tells them he didn't mean for this to happen, but they point out he killed Triton, which we still. Don't know if that's really the case, but we haven't seen him six episodes oh, in. Yeah. So, not quite sure. But anyway, he seems uh, not
0: entirely dead back in that first episode.
1: He did seem not entirely dead, yet not undead in this the Halloween season, but that's either here <laughs> or there. Um and now they're going to kill him for that. Uh and Black Bolt is just about to talk before Maximus awakes on the throne and into our title card.
0: Thank goodness those dreamy steady cam movements helps me anticipate the notion that this is a dream. Although Pete, perhaps foreshadowing for the final two episodes. um, We come back out of the title card at Audrey the vet's barn. We get a little update here. Lockjaw has a swollen side and it is important for him to rest. Crystal says no though. And um, the conversation goes outside and Pete, get ready for this. Get ready for some hashtag, it's all connected kind of stuff. Audrey wants to make sure that the whole Royal family is on the registry. Huh? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, the phone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Clearly, uh, Audrey is going to be in the market for an iPhone X. Um, but she tells them, uh, crystal and Dave, that's not over. Uh, and Dave, Having been the ex here, says when Audrey says that it's not over, she means it because they've broken up. Yet apparently, it's not over. Um, so Crystal, uh, getting back to Lockjaw here, says that uh, Audrey is correct. Uh, they have worn him out. She needs to use her lightning to signal the royal family but they don't want to burn the barn down so they're on their way to a high point before we're whisked to
0: louise indeed we are uh medusa wonders aloud how is it that all these inhumans were tracked louise says that they all left signals hold on wait a minute they can't find crystal pete i bet that she left a signal too. With that, Louise steps outside of the range of camera to use her (laughs) cell phone app to check the radar stuff. Now, Pete, I don't know how those research facilities work. I'm holding my iPhone right now. It has processing power more than what we sent to the moon with Neil Armstrong, etc. So I'll believe that there's maybe a you know proprietary app that can be used to check that stuff. But while she's away, Pete Karnak is not sure what the next step is. I know he had that boom on his head, but I wonder Pete, is it because he inhaled too much of the the devil's parsnip back in the previous episode?
1: It's entirely possible. Black bolt here signs Medusa translates that we need to quote, take down unquote Maximus. Um, And the discussion here that they haven't seemed to learn anything from uh, parents and the mistakes they've made before. Louise, back from just off screen, Matt, uh, has pinpointed a signature that landed just north of the island there um, and suddenly – The uh, comm link that she took from Locus that they were unaware of starts chiming. Uh, It's Orin. Uh, They tell her that uh, Locus is dead. Um, Declan and Sammy are being held hostage here. Uh, Friends of Black Bolt. Uh, and Karnak wonders if they should be this off mission, but Gorgon, because he once hung out with some surfer dudes, explains this is Hawaii and they help their friends.
0: Yeah, like that we got that the Hawaiian spirit kinda hammered home because as you said, he hung out with some surfers who also may have been part time mercenaries. I don't recall if those were the same guys or just other other brus. Um Oran Pete is on the comlink, and she has some of those humans like Dr. Declan, like Sammy, and uh, she's going to kill them if our heroes uh, don't come to her trap. And um, if you don't know who those people are, Karnak asks who they are, and they have a quick little conversation to get you up to speed. Pete, take us to the car.
1: They separate here, or at least they decide to... Black Bolt wants Karnak and Gorgon to head off for the humans to battle Oron and Mortis and Flora. Meanwhile, they get the easier mission. They're just going to go find Crystal, Medusa's little sister there. Um, And the discussion of being at half-strength, Karnak is still told uh by medusa to be a tilling uh greatest warrior which kind of didn't make sense um gorgon even questioned that um before we head back to adeline
0: indeed we do maximus is there giving a powerful a powerful speech about needing to continue to tear apart that ancient oppressive caste system uh he gives a speech to a bunch of people including a character i like to call papa lizard hand and uh with with uh, this wonderful speech here and papa lizard hand paying attention it's it's clear that they're all you know they're all ready to fight uh, you know, as the the lower caste is, uh, is is overturning things here they're ready to go through the portal these warriors and uh indeed they do It seems that the portal creature is a little less uh, resistant to sending them this time and uh, once they are through but with brunage still in earshot pete maximus is convinced that no one will complain that these these miners and pete he means it ors even though they also work as miners ers that's a uh, galaxy quest shout out there um that no one's going to complain that the miners are being sent for king maximus all are welcome And if Black Bolt happens to kill these chucklehead miners, then Black Bolt will be hated even more. And this is heard over, heard by the miner Brunage himself, Pete.
1: Yeah, questionable how that was staged to be heard by the the son of the inhuman he just sent. Oran receives them, um... And uh, they get ready to uh, head out. Oran says she wanted soldiers, not tourists. And uh, we whisk back to the moon one more time here where Tybor explains to one of the inhuman rebels that Maximus has become even more paranoid. Therefore, Maximus must die.
0: And Pete, don't you ever forget, the grass is green, and the air is sweet, and the birds sing, you're soldiers. After the act break, the the cool, sweet, stolen car, you know, with the the convertible top and all that, it gets stopped, Pete. And do you know what stops it? A single line of roadblock sawhorses. Nobody tries to move them or just turn them slightly. It just completely stops the car. Um, this is a great time for Black Bolt to be ticked off that Medusa brought up her dead parent. What in that previous scene or two, um, Medusa now, Pete is the moral center. Hooray female leadership. Uh, we need to bring Maximus to justice. She said, let the, she says, let the people decide. And this conversation lasts just long enough for Louise, once again, kind of off screen to check the map and to say, yes, let's keep going on this road.
1: Meanwhile, Maximus is planning with other loyalists. If the royals should return, what did, what would they do? It's at this point that Tibor informs him that he's heard rumors about rebels planning to make an attempt on his life. There has been an anonymous tip. Matt, it's unclear whether or not the British consulate was called. <laughs>
0: Well, Pete, in this scene, uh, let's let's lift back the curtain a little bit to behind the scenes for our podcast. We have something that we informally call the Iron Fist Rule, where we don't hate on the show. If there's if there's an, an area that needs uh, improvement, we certainly talk about it, but we're not here to hate on the show. In this scene, though, Iwan Rion, capable actor, veteran of. Obviously, a ton of Game of Thrones, variety of other things. He just seems not totally invested in this scene, the whole Tybor portion. Um, granted, the writing is a bit wonky. He's even kind of you know, talking to himself. What, says Tybor? No, no, no. Never mind. You didn't hear me. So you're speaking to the camera or something? Um, just, Just a little muddiness here. And Pete, that's when he flashes back to happier times training with Gorgon. Take us through the past.
1: Yes, uh, as Gorgon is training him, Karnak looks on Uh, Maximus wonders aloud. You know, I I will always have the Royal Guards. I'll always have you around. Uh, But Gorgon points out that they're training for the day that he has neither. A little bit of foreshadowing, Matt, uh, given the name and the events of the end of this episode, uh, the day he least expects to uh, to be challenged, um, and uh, Karnak points out that he's got to be smarter and more cunning. After the sparring ends and uh, Gorgon has his back turned, that's when Maximus grabs a pole, sneak attacks him, which Karnak praises him for.
0: I, I was a little, um, I was a little surprised by how angry Gorgon was. I mean, t- to me, this is a smart move from the smaller, less able. Uh, you know, half of the the fighting uh, duo here that, you know, to, to bring a weapon into it, to attack when someone's back is turned. I mean, it's good theory, even if it's not cool, you know, sparring rules. Regardless, though, Pete, that scene concludes. We come out of the flashback. We get a close-up on Maximus really hammering home that he is cunning. Uh, back we go to Earth, though, and Oran is dressing down the troops who stink of the mines um she also is clearly not fully healed declan points that out but she's not going to accept it and, and and not even going to accept that she won't live forever despite the fact that there's evidence there pete it's it's fake news it's fake science that he's saying <laughs> look there's evidence right down your wrist that you're not fully healed and she says no you academic liberal uh i don't believe you plus you have an accent and a beard clearly you're up to no good
1: Indeed. Uh, She may not be able to continually regenerate. We cut to Crystal and Dave at the highest point of Oahu. He has never left the island. She has never left the moon. He says maybe they should take a trip when this is all over. She makes lightning. Louise sees lightning. She checks her map.
0: Uh, Checks her map. Hold on, Pete. That's the paper map, right? Yep, that she has to like stop and pull over and read, right? Mm-hmm. Um, question for you: Is this 2007? No, okay, <laughs> it's ten years later. <laughs> it's ten years later. Um, remember that cell phone app that she used to connect to the not NASA interplanetary system of tracking moon radiation to Hawaii? you telling me sister can't get Google Maps on that, too? I hope so. Well, but she's got the paper map, which, again, this is, this is kind of like... Again, I don't mean to make this a downer. We're trying to have fun on the podcast here. Can't she... Look, they pull over because they need to have a stationary scene in their convertible. They've chosen to have a convertible, so they can't, you know, do a ble- a, a green screen drive-around thing as one might otherwise do... But that means now she has to check the paper map in an age where she, of all people, not only might have a smartphone, but we've seen her use it. Absolutely. Anyhow. Um, then there's the second instance of thunder. Louise knows that it's weird. They keep talking about the history of Adeland and lightning strikes again. Off screen, Louise says lightning doesn't strike the same place twice, which I don't know if it's scientifically true, but she also doesn't have Google Maps, so I don't know. That's Pete when they know it's Crystal to end the act.
1: Act three, Matt and Maximus and Brunagia speak here, uh, talking about how there are guards at all times with them. Why should he worry? Uh, But it's Tiber who uh, Maximus is concerned about. Trust and trustworthiness, it turns out, are two different things. And then, Matt, in a day and age when uh, Touch Without Permission is increasingly being scrutinized, Maximus grabs Bronaja to try to uh, get him to have a vision. Uh,
0: and a vision is had. Interestingly, we are not privy to it, which I'm not, I'm not criticizing. It's up to the, uh, the narrative presentation to let us in on that or not. Um, the vision is Tybor and Maximus. Were they happy or angry? Happy or angry? Uh, 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 happy? Well, why, was I smiling? Well, no, you didn't look angry. Um, bottom line is, Pete, the trustability of Tybor is discussed for some time in this scene. Back we go, though, Pete, to Earth, where Karnak and Gorgon are at the lab, sneaking around. How will they get in? Karnak can't see the flaw. Pete, I wonder if perhaps... It's that Maui Waui, the Panama Red. I'm talking about the reefer and the hashish. Or it could just be still that clunk on his head. I don't know. I wanted to use my visit to thesaurus.com here in this episode. Regardless, though, there's a flaw to all of this, Pete. Gorgon knows that they don't know. Karnak doesn't know the flaw. So if they act with confidence, Pete, nay, if we all act with confidence, you can do anything that you want. Uh, with that, Gorgon goes to shut off the power. I'm no electrician. I think that when you pull the upsy-downsy switch by a power junction box thing that should turn the power off, he kind of goes, and then reaches in there and pulls the wire. Don't do that at home, kids. He's an inhuman. Uh, and that definitely turns out all the lights in the lab.
1: In their little tent lab. Uh, Oran sees that Karnak is on the way, can't tell that he is uh, saying out loud. He hopes he doesn't get shot. Uh, Bronaja's father is telling other people with his uh, lobster claw hands to look alive. Uh, Sammy, strapped in a chair there, whispers to his would-be rescuers and we have flora and uh mortis who are awaiting our uh cousins as the battle is joined
0: pete i feel like you are giving dad Handmander a little short shrift here he is ready to go out to fight what he believes is the cause of freedom for one and all yes he might be you know, backing the wrong, self-driven, uh, short despot. But you know, let's let's give Dad Handamander just a little credit here. It's a visually odd scene, by the way. Flora gets knocked out by a punch to the stomach, um, and then immediately Mortis can't find um, can't find Karnak i know karnak has powers i know sometimes they're on the fritz so on and so forth his ability to kind of batman in and out of places you know there he is turn he's gone that kind of seemed new to me um but regardless with mortis now on the scene karnak monologues him did you feel aw- awful after Terra genesis the genetic council wanted to put mortis down it was karnak who kept him alive um and then we have we have uh Uh, Mortis getting angry. What happened to me wasn't necessary. In fact, hold on, Pete. I have my special voice thing here. What happened to me wasn't necessary. (laughs) There were other options. But Pete, is this really going on or is it a ruse?
1: It's a ruse because then Karnak puts him in the sleeper hold as we break the act.
0: After the act break, Pete, Sammy and Gorgon meet. Now there's three of them. Wait a minute, Pete. Sammy isn't a freak, because where they live, everyone has powers. It's a great moment for Sammy, who then promptly turns around and walks out, possibly never to be seen again.
1: We learn that the story that Karnak told Mortis was untrue. He was merely trying to stall him. Uh, so dangerous, he needed to be put down, which was an incongruous Idea within this episode. Uh, but Gorgon is all bravado here with Oran and uh, uh, some of the others still around. Who needs guns
0: when you have hooves? We also get an update on the Datamander, aka Loyalists. Karnak um, is able to quickly give him the Inhuman Vulcan neck pinch and take him out in a non lethal way. As you mentioned, Pete, Oran has a gun on Declan. And uh, there's the possibility of her being hooved. She won't surrender. But then, Pete, she sees her hand. Now, I don't know Remember, if, if you remember, Pete, all the way back, like 15 minutes ago in the episode, when it was pointed out to her that her hand is not fully healed. This is a symbol of her mortality, okay? Looking at that symbol, she's reminded of her own Mortality, and she surrenders.
1: I like the techno music that they fought to. um, And after she surrendered, it stopped. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) Maximus is uh, identified as Declan's patron here. He's
0: paid for all this research. Meanwhile, we. Wait, 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 but, 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 Pete, we have a question. I know sure. this isn't the question segment here, but our pal Henry, fan of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh-huh. has a question at this particular moment here. Okay. And I think now's the perfect time to do it. Sure. Where did Maximus get Earth money to pay Declan if he's never been?
1: Well, there is a lunar. um, terran exchange rate that uh i just explained to you that no one else knows about
0: so it's kind of like paypal it's called uh moon buddy <laughs> moon buddy there you go henry silly goose there's an easy answer to that question um henry actually it was a great question um Pete, I think that you're you're bearing the lead in this scene here. Declan and Karnak meet. It's a lost reunion between Ken Lung and Henry Ian Cusick. We, we've come to this. I can't wait to see them share the screen more. I guess the see, see you in another life, brother. He didn't mean this brother, and he might not have meant this show. But there they are, and um,
1: and it gets played for literally zero effect on the network that broadcast lost.
0: Yes, um, yes, it did.
1: Yes, uh, but we go from there to, uh, crystal, um, crystal likes earth. Uh, she, uh, uh, as Dave points out is kind of like some kind of God of thunder. They kiss, they kiss again before Medusa and company arrive at the, uh, site of the lightning, um, Hey, her friend Dave is a good person. They also found a friend in Louise. uh, And it's time to figure out uh, what's up with Lockjaw. He's resting. Um, With that, Mortis is tied up back at the uh, plastic tent location.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a very advanced lab, Pete. It's because you're a bonehead that doesn't know what expensive labs look like that to you it just looks like sheets of plastic on frames.
1: Well, you know, when I was seven and saw E.T., it looked futuristic and uh, alien. But now when I'm 42 and I watch it on a Friday night for Marvel (laughs) television, I'm somehow disappointed.
0: (laughs) Well, Pete, I just want to hammer home here a couple of things. Dave is a good person. Louise is a good person uh dave, dave totally open-minded after he talks about thor he kisses a woman it's it. these are just times you can be yourself back though as you said to the plastic uh, lab there really important key point here pete they're going to use a computer cord to tie up mortis um because they need him to be ultra secure like that's the total critical thing he just needs to be secure and not use his hands to fight or get his mask off and uh, as mortis wakes up he asks what happened pete poetry from this scott buck uh run show you lost loser and um mortis says he won't go back to prison pete then darned if you won't believe it remember how i mentioned a second ago how secure they made him he wasn't secure enough he tries to get to his mask There is a tussle. Gorgon stomps and things fall to end the act. It literally is the breaking of things in an act break.
1: As act five begins, we're at the barn where Lockjaw is. Louise sees him. I will point out my theory in a little bit. uh, But she's gung ho to get to the moon. Cops show up. Uh, that's because Louise stole the convertible they've been tooling around uh Hawaii in uh well that's Audrey. What Louise
0: thinks. Uh, I don't yes. think that's I don't think that's actually accurate, which is weird. Like that's like a little stub of writing. Like you don't yeah. it may yeah.
1: have changed uh throughout the course of this tumultual tumultuous production. But um Audrey uh points out that they have an alien in there and a giant dog. Um, but uh, that Audrey is the type of human Louise points out that they've been talking about. Uh, so they're going to need Louise to handle the police. Sorry, honey. You can't come to the moon this time. Lockjaw gets uh, Medusa and Black Bolt and Crystal away just in time uh, as the cop wants to see an alien dog, instead he sees a white woman uh, who is apparently now dating Dave and uh, had dumped uh, Audrey. And uh, it leaves everybody, Matt, everybody disappointed.
0: <laughs> a couple of thoughts on this scene here. First of all, I appreciate that it is Audrey that opens the barn. HPD. You can't be going inside a barn without a warrant. She opens it. That's more legit. That's number one. Number two. So I guess that's like good job, everybody. We're respecting the First Amendment and you know and other amendments involving you know personal property. It might be the Fourth Amendment uh, and and illegal searches and so forth. Here's the flip side, Pete. As the police go or given this this falsity of oh Louise and Dave are a couple and Audrey's just a crazy woman hold on it's fine for what for hpd to think all that and they leave fine no criticism of how the police are written this and the other pete we just went there in the script where the out was that woman is so crazy she's not telling the truth on account of she's got lady hearts or lady parts i don't really know women whatever must be hormones uh why we came all the way out here the script did that pete the police didn't do that. Social commentary didn't do that. The out on the script was woman crazy, like man, man, move on, woman crazy. I want to say a big hearty thumbs down to that little bit of story outage right there.
1: It plays bad. I can't imagine it read any better,
0: Matt. Hindsight being, of
1: course, 2020. But back to sophisticated uh, tent lab where we're gonna get serious here matt one of our inhumans one of the royal family is apparently no longer with us
0: well pete you saying apparently has me worried and i'll tell you why you watch the previews i don't You're spoiler pete i'm not i buy the scene for what it is gorgon is dead Everyone kinda has hard looks on their face until Medusa cries. There's even Pete. There's a long close-up on Black Bolt, who kind of doesn't move. He kind of looks steely. And then with that, we cut to the moon. They're in the communication pool room. Tybor's friends have knives. Tybor has a knife to his neck held by Maximus. The guards, of course, have guns, Pete. And um, you know, you literally don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Um, immediately Pete, the, the, the vaunted rebellion backs off, like way to kind of go down in the blaze of glory or say, there's 12 of us and four guards. Let's at least go for the odds. Um, Tybor gets his throat slit, and that's done. I mean, obviously they didn't slit the actor's throat. There's a little, you know, uh, tube filled with uh, corn syrup and, and red dye on the underside of it, but they did it kind of on screen, which kind of surprised me. That's, and little... they did
1: it late in the episode, Matt. It, it was almost 10 o'clock. I, I think they were fudging things just a little bit.
0: I'm not outraged at the violence shown. It's just a little like, this isn't the flavor of this show. And no. it's kind of not the flavor of Marvel TV in general, even though other aspects of Marvel TV have looked at PTSD, uh you know post sexual assault mindset uh, racial issues uh, we certainly have had
1: and more. even gore before you know you yeah. think of defenders and and some of the stuff that occurs there but we've never had somebody take it
0: you know starkly in, no pun intended d- yeah uh in
1: in a uh, position that they're surrendering across the throat here so it, it definitely stands out um and this is where maximus points out that uh fear is a great motivator as he takes the blood from tybor and smears it on Bronaja's face in a, a certainly you know attention grabbing affectation um, and he wants him to trust his king uh, to say long live the king and Bronaja does no tag scene this episode Matt but make sure you see Thor Ragnarok in theaters November 2nd
0: I like that we live in an age where Maximus can feel comfortable face painting with blood on a, on a young adult's face and just kind of being the kind of guy that he wants to be <laughs> And now
1: it's time to look at our royal pains. Matt, let's begin with Maximus.
0: Maximus, uh, you know, gleeful in this episode, a little fearful based on his uh, on his uh, perhaps foreshadowy dream at the top. Uh, That one scene, I still contend, you know, perhaps not the best performed scene, a little over the top there. A lot of wide-eyed, I'm-really-crazy kind of acting, which, I mean, I don't know the depth that Yuan Rion has. I haven't seen him outside Game of Thrones in this. But I feel like he did the similar character a whole lot better on Game of Thrones. And here there's just times where it's all eyes and shake the head a bit and be crazy.
1: It's funny. I felt this was the first time I've seen him in those two shows where he mailed it in, in this episode. Um, I don't know how much of that was on the page and how much of it in the hands of a performer. Okay, I'm in episode six of eight and there you go. Uh, But but he felt flat um and and maybe that's not a fault of the performer so much as it is a fault of the material.
0: It did make me wonder you know at what point in a production behind the scenes do you go? yeah, this thing isn't quite working uh, barbecue at my house tonight, we got eight days left on the shooting schedule, and then on to the next adventure, you know the ever the ever-continuing road of the actor where you finish a job and you're lining up another or you're taking some time off. Mailing it in is is how I would certainly describe parts of his performance.
1: Tell you who doesn't mail it in, Matt, is Sonia Balmora as Oran
0: overall yes i think that there were kind of a couple moments where she seemed to be swallowing her words a little bit kind of uh, you know particularly that whole thing of the, the grass is green and the birds are sweet that kind of thing but overall very very compelling villain i think it is overwritten the whoa the wound on my hand truly is a wound to show mortality like how many times do we need the close-up and the reaction shot because we We got it plenty, and that's not her fault for the shot choice and the edit, etc. But certainly an able villain, and I'm glad she is still with us.
1: Flora, Matt, is somebody who gets a little bit more, it seems, with each episode. Here, they even let her hold a gun at somebody, though she can make plants move.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you need to give the plant lady a gun in the industrial area that has no plants um I, I must confess pete was she i mean we, we kind of lose characters towards the end don't we i mean there's people they're sad out in the parking lot the gorgon is dead uh i don't know what you know we'll save some of the speculation for the theory segment but kind of like where is where is she she got punched in the stomach and passed out Is she dead? Is the story abandoning her? I don't know.
1: It's definitely left unclear. And then lastly, Mortis, Matt, who will not be locked away.
0: Also, I mean, he, look, they've committed to a, you know, kind of like late teens, early 20s, you know, I'm too cool for this kind of vibe to him um okay if that that personally wouldn't be my choice i find the character irritating but you went with it maybe you wanted him to be irritating i don't know maybe that's a leftover from the comics and i'm not picking up on the reference whatever it's all fine but what's his fate as well
1: well let's explore some royal thoughts matt who's dead who's not
0: well this whole showdown here has me confused um though i don't feel overwhelming affection for mortis nor uh flora what is their status they certainly certainly should not be left behind alive uh they should be brought back either for justice or imprisonment or whatever certainly not left up to the humans devices um surely the story cannot abandon them Speaking of the story abandoning people, have we seen the end of Declan? That's another loose thread. I feel like in the opening act next week, they're going to go back to the moon. We're going to have two episodes on the moon for the giant showdown. So that has me worried about Declan. That has me worried about Henry, Henry Ian Cusick, who played my favorite character on Lost. Um, Sammy literally just turns around and runs away. I was expecting a whole, you know, whoa, we can trust other Powered people, even if they are non-moon and humans, and he's shooting, or he's got his fire hands and this and that the other, and none of that occurred. So to review, Flora unaccounted for, Mortis unaccounted for, Sammy unaccounted for, Declan un- unaccounted for. If we don't, you know, and we're getting ready to leave Earth, that is my sense. Either we're going to wrap this stuff up, or it's going to be a bunch of loose ends, and I'm worried it might be the latter.
1: I get it. Gorgon is obviously where the production wants to lavish our attention. One of our human Royals would seem Matt to be dead, but is he?
0: I mean, okay. It wasn't an overwhelmingly sad scene in part because we haven't gotten to know him very well because it's a huge ensemble. You know, it's bigger than the Royal family. We have, you know kind of the the secondary bad guys now riding tertiary bad guys like lobster claw dad and all that um if you want to say well the show is taking a moment to show the sadness i don't feel so sad that you can't bring him back but if nobody ever dies in any of this what's the what's the peril like the peril is some people are going to go to jail in Adelan. Well, okay um I kind of just don't get how we are three quarters of the way through this. And there's not more at stake.
1: Death is one thing, Matt. Let's break it down for brass tacks. How is a gigantic dog in a barn for several days, injury aside, and does not leave a massive pile of poop?
0: (laughs) Pete, here's your faulty assumption. That space Adelan canines poop in a way that is similar to that of Earth Dogs. That's the only excuse I can come up with. I will counter it and say, have we seen him eating? Perhaps he's like the alien people on Orville. Perhaps he only has a BM once a year or once a month. Uh, maybe he's ha- Maybe half his weight is waste. I don't know.
1: Adelaine Chow or no, okay? There's got to be some residual in there anyway. He was there too long. He's nursing an injury, okay? There should be some kind of reference to, uh, all right, there's no dog in here, but wow, that's a lot of poop. You, you could have done the uh, the the Jurassic uh, Park line, you know, uh, like with uh, Goldblum.
0: Do you think maybe Pete that he can can he teleport his leavings?
1: That I would completely be behind, and it would actually be behind him
0: (laughs) on the dark side of the moon. There's just this (laughs) ever-growing pile of frozen (laughs) the dog
1: side of the moon. Dog side of the moon. With that, Matt, let's get to our royal correspondence.
0: Pete, we have a tweet from M.L. Huber, that is at person who writes, uh, Why couldn't we have gotten an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season five trailer instead of a Thor Ragnarok trailer? Pete, what say you?
1: I think they are being more than a little bit of deliberate with the S.H.I.E.L.D. announcement. Uh, We were at New York Comic Con, we saw the first 20 minutes of the The first hour of the two hour season premiere that will be on your screens on Friday, December first, but I get the sense they're they're kind of waiting for Inhumans to to finish its thing before they're doing that. I, I can understand the inter network, uh, you know, rapport that would allow that.
0: Well, thank goodness uh, uh, the fine people at Marvel Studios. You know, bought some some commercial time for this. Anyhow, Pete, what communiques do you have?
1: We have a review left for us on iTunes by Chris Camano. The headline is, Listen, You'll Be Happy You Did. Five stars. And it reads, Listening to the intellectual banter of Matt and Pete is a blast. Though I am not very well versed in the Marvel Universe, I find myself learning quite a bit Along the way, they clearly do their homework. Now do yours. Subscribe. These guys rock.
0: I hope he still means it since we just did two minutes on doggy leavings. Pete, as always, this podcast is powered not by a dog with dubious waste removal processes, but rather by those who help us out on Patreon.com slash They're keeping the lights on. They're letting our podcasts transport out there to the great beyond, and we appreciate it so much
1: absolutely everybody who goes to patreon.com slash uh and contributes uh is immediately eligible for uh bonus podcast content and then there's all sorts of levels to contribute at so thank you for
0: even making the trip pete the greatest gift though is being able to interact with you on twitter how can people do so
1: you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J, K-A-T-L-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,592 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I am personally on Twitter is Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with Fantastic Geek in a variety of ways. You got FantasticGeek.com, FantasticGeek at Gmail, FantasticGeek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more
1: facebook.com slash fantastic geek with the ph
0: all one word like it today if you're listening to this on the pop culture podcast we will be back monday discussing star trek discovery the latest episode which has a gigundulous title that i haven't even read because i run spoiler free if you're listening to this on the inhumans feed we will be back for the penultimate season one episode next friday night the hits just keep on coming pete with that I will say happy or angry, happy or angry to everyone else and give you the final word. There you go.